Photography chat with Merlin. Photography chat with Merlin. All right, welcome to another episode of Photography Chat uh, with Merlin. We're season three, episode 30. And we've got Travis with us today. You want to take a moment to say hi to uh, the folks there? Hey, uh, my name's uh, Travis Kennedy. Um, yeah. Well, it's nice to meet you, Travis. I've been following your work for a while. And, um, you know, you've also been sharing a, a ton of my work and also other people's work. So, you know, I just want to say I really appreciate that because um, it, it's nice to... Uh, help support the community and, uh, and share each other's, uh, good work out there. Yeah. And uh, I, I try, you know, with, especially on Instagram, like the algorithm is so fucking shitty now. So, um, I don't see any people's work and I figure people don't see work as well. So I figured I'd share it. Yeah. I mean, fucking algorithm, right? <laughs> yeah. Like it's, I, I know a lot of people are upset and, and angry and like, I've been seeing a lot of these, like, you know, make Instagram, Instagram again posts, which I honestly have to admit is a little bit triggering because it reminds me of like the MAGA stuff. <laughs> so it's just yeah. like, you know. Yeah, I just kind of ignore it. I'm just like, it is what it is. I'll stay here until completely dead and hopefully there's something else or, you know, it does get better, but. I yeah I was on a sorry I, go ahead uh yeah no like with Instagram it was a full on holdout I did not want anything to do with it at first but now I love it you know I met so many people and in the community and everything so you know, I'm happy to have it you know what we have but it's gone to shit yeah I, I have to agree with that too like um it in some ways it has gone to shit but I, I was just talking to a friend about this. Um, the other day because we were sort of going back and forth about this granary thing that's out now and mm -hmm. um, how upset everyone is about Instagram and everything. But for me, the the most important part of Instagram is still there. And, and for me, that's the people on it and the communities that are on it. Mm -hmm. And even with all of the shitty updates and like whatever Instagram is done, the community still exists and persists, even if it's begrudgingly so. Like the, the people are still here, and the, the eyeballs still exist here. And in a way, I personally kind of see Instagram as like one of the most democratic social media platforms out there because I don't, I haven't seen any other social media platform so far where the owners of it didn't update to it. And then because of backlash from the users, they've had to like go and be like, oh, sorry, that was just a, oops, we were just joking around kind of thing. I haven't seen that on any other mm -hmm. platforms other than Instagram where like, I was just talking with a guy at lunch about this where the day that Instagram tried to do the side scrolling and everyone just like lost their fucking shit about it. And like hours after releasing it, Instagram's like, oh, sorry, that was just, that was a, a bug. We weren't we that we didn't mean that here's regular scrolling mm -hmm. back <laughs> it's just kind of been yeah. interesting for some of the really big things 
the power that we have as users on it to force Meta and Instagram's hand on what they do with the platform. And, uh, you know, I think that's something that a lot of us don't realize is just actually how much power we have on this platform to force them to shape it. Yeah, no, like, uh, for my personal stuff, you know, yeah, I kind of joined the whole granary thing, kind of check it out, but um, we'll see how that goes, you know. Um, it looks promising, but I don't know um, until it's fully out, you know, still, like, what, early beta. So, um, plus it's, like, one guy working on this thing, so I give him the whole respect of trying this thing. But, uh one thing Instagram I kind of don't like is the fact that it's just turning into TikTok, which, you know, I'm fucking almost 34. Like I don't need to be making <laughs> little short videos and shit of dancing and whatnot. That's really all I get to use and stuff. And for photography, all I see now is just reels, like two seconds of like 10 photos going real fast. And I'm like, I actually want to look at this. I have to look through that video like 10 times so you can see one photo. Yeah, I, I have to agree. That's annoying. Like, so, I, I yeah. find that sort of shitty of, of how of how it's going. But, I mean, like, I'm 40. I'm, I have a mild TikTok addiction, so, like, the reels don't really <laughs> bother me too much. Yeah, that's where I'm, like, I did not want to get into it because, like, I don't want to be suckered into it and doing that wormhole. Dude, it's, it's a weird wormhole. You know. it's, it's a weird wormhole, yeah. and, like, the algorithm there is interesting because – According to uh, TikTok, I'm a lesbian that also enjoys car content. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not upset right. about it, but it's, it's just, it's kind of interesting, like the kinds of things that that algorithm feeds me, mm-hmm. um, which is just interesting. And I gave this granary thing a, a chance to, because mostly I just wanted to get my username on there before some other asshole tried to take it. Um, mm-hmm. And I, like you, I got to give this guy kudos for like you know basically ripping off Instagram pretty gratuitously. Like it's yeah, <laughs> you know it, it should be like one granary. Guy doing it and he's La- doing it better. Well, yeah, it's like you know <laughs> granary lawsuit pending. Um, yeah. But I do have to say. I almost stopped using it before I even started because mm-hmm. the main thing that you have to do before you can even post is list your gear. And yeah, I honestly could give two shits about gear. Like I, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I don't want to like jerk off with other people about gear. And it's like, Oh my God, you used a Sumacron for that photo. It, it's so amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whatever. And like, mostly cause like I've taken tens of thousands of photos and zero notes. So I don't know what fucking film I used or what camera I, it's a picture and I like it. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm the same way with that whole thing too, but I'm like saying, yeah, I'm the same way where like sitting right next to me is, you know, fucking Leica, but you know, I don't give a shit, you know, it has a fucking Voigtlander lens, like, I don't care about being, like, a purist and shit, I just got a good deal on the camera for my work, and, um, I like the way it feels, that's all, you know, I can take another photo with a different camera, I'm perfectly happy. Yeah. Yeah. The gear stuff gets Oh, sorry. Yeah. The whole thing's wrapping up, too, is just, like, 
list gear before I can even post anything. I like I just post stuff and possibly list that later. Yeah, you know. Well, and so. I feel I feel kind of bad too because, like, in a way, I I. I commend this person i'm I'm assuming it's kyle because he tried to do the same thing as myspace Mm -hmm. where he forced everyone to be his friend from (laughs) the get-go which i was like he's he's, he's the new tom (laughs) yeah i was like nice move kyle but you'll never be tom um i unfriended him i'm sorry kyle if we can (laughs) if you want an episode and you want to talk about granary sometime you know dm me on instagram if you still use it or dm me on granary i'm on your app too um But I just worry a little bit about, like, gatekeeping and elitism. Because, mm-hmm. like, everyone's upset that Instagram has gone away from just pictures. But, you know, there's just as many talented photographers who choose to use digital as there are film. Probably even more so digital photographers over film photographers because, like, you know, let's be honest, film photography is a fucking privilege. Like, you know, not everyone mm-hmm. can afford the madness that so many of us decide to plow hundreds yeah. or thousands of dollars into. But that doesn't negate the yeah. talent of other people. And I, I kind of find that's a little maybe unfair with the granary approach. It's like, it's a good idea bringing it back to pictures, but I think alienating digital photographers um, is also going to reduce the amount of people he could get on board with the app because there's probably, mm-hmm. shit, I don't know, five, six times as many digital photographers as there are film photographers. So why not have a broader addressable market? So I hope yeah, uh, uh, that changes. Yeah, I don't know if you listen to uh, like Analog Talk at all. No. Because uh, he was he was just on there um, for an episode, and he was just talking about how uh, down the road he kind of wanted to look like look into like a broader umbrella under this and do like something for digital people as well, or have an option there where you can do digital and film and just like toggle of like what you want to look at. I I don't know though. I I don't want there to be segregation. But at the same time, yeah. At the same time, yeah. That's what I kind of felt too. So. Because it's like, you know, know, it's still saying that one is better than the other. Like, you know, yeah. I want I want us all to be able to drink from the same photography. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that that was like an, an interesting start to the chat there. But um, <laughs> <laughs> reeling it back to talking about you, um, you know, what, mm-hmm. what got you going with uh, photography? What got you interested in it? Uh I mean, uh, you want me to start beginning, beginning, or yeah, just you know, when when you're uh, a wee yeah. toddler, you know, we can we can start there <laughs> if you want to go that back. I mean, born in '88, so I grew up in the '90s, so film was all there was until the 2000 digital boom. Um, so, but it was like nothing, you know, in my mind of like, okay, this is just photos, you know. Um, even when. Uh, digital when I saw my first digital camera I'm like this looks like shit to me so I was like no and then uh later on stuff got better so I ended up getting a digital camera and shooting with that uh my first digital camera was uh some Canon point and shoot that I actually found in a parking lot just randomly just sitting there did it have film in it when you found it uh it was a digital point and shoot oh digital point and shoot sorry my bad yeah did it have um, pictures on the memory card 
No. It was completely empty. There's a memory card in there. No name, nothing within it. So I was like, cool. Guess this is mine. There's like an empty parking lot. So I was like, there's no way to find who this belongs to. And I'm usually, you know, I'm not someone that builds anything, but like, okay, this is mine now, you know, as a teenager. Um, it's not stealing kid, it. So. It's not stealing it if the universe but, is giving it to yeah. you. Like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I shot with that thing until that thing broke, basically, for, like, another uh, year and a half. And then um, asked uh, for my graduation for a digital camera, and my parents were like, are you sure you want that or a car? And I was like, nope, I want a camera. So, went from there. uh, Then I always had, like, uh, film in the back of my mind, though, Uh, so... Um, by then I was like, as 18, when I graduated, um, uh, have a job. So I was like, you know, I'm going to buy a camera of my own. And I bought a, was it a, uh, Nikon FM for my first uh, film camera. And guy, uh, there showed me how to load it, gave me Kodak film and I shot that thing and then shot a bunch of rolls, but, uh, never got anything from that camera ever developed. Really? Just sat in a drawer. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, ended up, uh, basically selling, um, that camera and my digital stuff all to my brother who was taking some college, uh, classes, uh, older brother. And I was like, I'm done with photography in general. Like I had nothing to do with, did not want anything to do with it anymore. And then, um, ended up moving out where I was, uh, back into my parents and, uh, started he got me back into doing, taking some classes and stuff, and I ended up getting back into photography because of him. So, um, yeah, I ended up, uh, he was trying to give me back the stuff that he bought for me, and I was like, no, that's yours. And then we went to a Goodwill, and I found a uh, Canon E1. Nice. And that was the camera that I learned on, basically, and actually saw photos. That's quite the start. So, that's, that's, do you still <laughs> do you still have the rolls of film that you didn't get developed from that camera? No. <laughs> Wild. And I'm kind of pissed, uh, especially that first roll. Uh, it's probably if I did get it, you know, developed, it would probably look like shit. But uh, that first roll had uh, walking in this neighborhood, and there was this uh, cat that was walking up up to me. So I got on my belly and started taking photos of it. You know normal like beginner just taking photos of like random crap but yeah. all of a sudden I notice something hanging from its mouth and it's a mouse tail and then it drops it in front of me and starts devouring it <laughs> and that was what was on the roll yeah damn those would have been some cool I never, I never saw it but then that moment it's in my mind forever so yeah well I mean sometimes as photographers I don't know if you feel this way sometimes but there's like some images that you see that are just brain pictures. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. To this day, sometimes I just skip even taking a photo. I'm just like, either I'm too lazy to pull up the camera or whatever, but we're just passing me and I'm like, oh, cool. At least I saw it. Yeah. And I'm happy with that. So. If yeah. I see something, see something similar to it again, then you know, maybe I'll take a photo. But, Tanoya has a question here. What is your favorite film? 
Uh, fuck. Uh, color or black and white. So let's do both. Stuff. Yeah. All right. Um, favorite black and white would have to be um, Kodak Double X. Eastman. Nice. Double X. Uh, shot with that for uh, a couple of years, uh, bulk loading it myself, and then um, but like currently right now I've been shooting a lot of Fomapan four hundred. Um, and then for color, uh, it was Portra eight hundred, but it is way too expensive now. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Oh my god, the, the Kodak film price hikes just it's not even single tier it's just like constant stream of tears yeah you know yeah no even with black and white i'm just like that's why i'm shooting like trying to experiment with some other cheaper alternatives with like foma pan which i'm absolutely loving do foma pan 400 is solid yeah uh i love that and then uh i mainly shoot black and white so um also another really good black and white is going to be uh Oro N75, which is the same thing that's Berlin, Palomo Berlin. Okay. But that is uh, not being produced right now because they are dealing with a bunch of crap in over at Oro right now. Uh, so, yeah, it's really hard to get a hand of, but even the thermography branded stuff. Wild. Um,. What was the thing I was thinking of there? Sorry. Um, Eastman Double X is all like, that, that's a great film. Like, I love mm-hmm. using that one a lot uh, myself. Um, have you tried the Ferrania P30? I have not, no. Uh, that was one that I was interested in. Um, just never jumped the gun on it. The, the P30 is fucking awesome, but also really mean like if you don't nail your exposure with it it mm-hmm. it just it punishes you but if yeah, you get it right it. it's so good yeah i've seen a lot of other people's stuff and developed a lot of other people's stuff because I, I work at a photo lab and i do all the black and white development there and uh seen a lot and a lot of people just don't know how to shoot it right yeah, and also uh, the developer we're using, there's like no times for, so I have to like figure all this shit out myself and do a lot of research. Oh damn! Yeah, um, but I think the new developer we're on actually has times for. It. Well, that's good then. Um, Tanoi also asks, "Have you tried Rolly films?" Uh, personally, no, but. That's another thing. Like I like bulk loading, and the bulk rolls of that are kind of expensive. So. That's fair. I, I had a pretty long love affair with the uh, Rolly Pine, uh, Paul and Reinhold uh, double pack. <laughs> it was like the um, anniversary edition or whatever, and it was a, a six forty ISO black and white that came in a two pack. One was labeled Paul. The other one was labeled, labeled Reinhold. And the camera store that I bought all my stuff from was selling it pretty cheap for a while. So um, I just picked it up all the time. And that was a really cool black and white film. That was a lot of fun to, mm-hmm. to use. Yeah, no, I've never tried that. But that's another one I've developed quite a few rolls of too. So. 
Nice. How, how long have you been working at the lab for? Um, I've been working uh, at this lab for it's a local camera store, and um, we started off as just like a mini lab, and I've been working there for five years. Uh, I did the mini lab for about two, two and a half years, and then uh, started the um, black and white lab, uh, dip and dunk, um, ap- right after that, and I've been doing that. Very cool. And it's not a, uh, like what you think of like dip and dunk, you know, it's a full automated process. This is by hand, putting it on reels, putting it in a trap, and I'm doing about 30 rolls at a time. Holy shit. So does that mean you can charge extra by being like, this is artisanal (laughs) film processing, you know? (laughs) It's whatever the price is the company set, so I wish. But... I mean, you guys could, you could market it that way. And like hipsters would, it's like, why use the like soulless dip dunk machine when you can have your film processed with heart by hand by a film photographer that loves this shit? Yeah. Nah, it's whatever the, you know, the owners and stuff want to do. But, uh, yeah, it's a company is Mike's cameras. They're based out in Colorado and they have like three stores there and everything that we do, we have to do exactly like them. Mm. So, yeah, uh, it's frustrating. And I've had to fight them on, like, chemistry and stuff because I don't like the chemistry they're using and I want to use other stuff because it works better. Uh, but they're gung-ho, like, no, it's Kodak only. And I'm like, Kodak fixer is fucking shitty. I do not want to use a hardener because you don't need a hardener for a rapid fix. But you need a Kodak. That's kind of fucked up. You know, Slouch says here, yeah. before... So it's more- yeah, it's more chemistry to use and it's more waste. And yeah, I had to fight them on the developer I'm using too because um, we were using Tmax RS and then uh, Kodak discontinued that in the big batches uh, for uh, lab developments. And so we had to switch over. I believe they switched over to D76. But I was like, no, because that's expensive. It doesn't last long. And I did research, and I was like, all right, let's switch over to XSol for right now if they want to stay in Kodak. So, it's easier to mix. It's super, you know, safe and basically just vitamin C. Yeah, that's fair. You know, it's, uh, Slouch says you could call it bespoke film processing, and then your tagline can be chemicals <laughs> from salty photographers added free with every order. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's, um, so they're just doing three stores in Colorado and then we have five stores in California and I get all the black and white from all the stores and it's just me. Holy shit. Yeah. So I develop about 300 to 600 rolls with them. Do they do like a profit sharing thing with you or something on that? Cause that sounds like a lot of work. I get paid hourly. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. But uh, I'm one of the highest lab techs in our stores for California. So it, it evens out, but it's still shitty. Does like does, does some film just like magically disappear into like, you know, the <laughs> the, the Travis film fund and <laughs> you just I wish, <laughs> but no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh 
Yeah, no, uh, like we don't get like free roles or anything. Cause I know some labs will do that or like free development. We get, um, basically anything in our store that's not like a certain like set thing for the company. Um, we basically get everything at cost. So I get all film at cost, which is nice. Um, so say if I like want like a color roll of portrait, I'm basically spending what people were spending full price a year ago right now. Which is Compared still to, like, you know, too the expensive. gigantic price. It's still expensive. Yeah. Um, but black and white's pretty cheap. Uh, I keep trying to push people to, even though I have a huge workload, I'm like, people need to shoot more black and white. Keep complaining about this shit. Gives me more business. And, I, more. I, I was I was harassing Tim Ryugo yesterday on text, being like, "Why can't I get any fucking portrait? <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's all gone everywhere." Like I was trying all the places, yeah. like fucking freestyle B and H, the local places around me. It's like gonzo. Yeah, my last I still have some rolls, but the last like two rolls of portrait eight hundred I shot was back in twenty twenty for a shoot I was doing and that's basically how I'm keeping it and like if this is something I'm taking like portraits or something of someone I'll keep it for that it's not going to be just a throw it in my plate and shoot kind of, uh, so. that's not too bad Tanoi also says they'd love to learn film processing one day and that be uh, black and white easy. is much easier to do it yeah there's tons of great YouTube videos on how to do it um you can buy kits and stuff, but like, you know, the, the Patterson tanks are pretty easy. Like, you know, I, I'd probably suggest like pick up a two reel Patterson tank and a dark bag and get a cheap roll of film that you can destroy and just like practice taking the film out, putting it into the reels. And, um, I mean, the chemical process is pretty, pretty easy. Um, I think Patterson even makes like a full kit where it has like all the beakers and like all, all the shits to do Yeah, the whole. Yeah. I believe they even like, I think they have one where it's actually teamed up with filtered as well, where they give you like the beginning you know, thing, but, uh, to be honest, I would just buy everything, uh, like kit without the chemistry and just buy the chemistry separate. Cause the chemistry they give you is like good enough for two. Yeah. Like it's super easy because it's already pre-measured out. So if you're like worried about, um, you know, trying to fuck around with them, I try. I, a friend of mine got one of those Ilford kits for free from like a conference, and she gave it to me. She's like, you know, I don't fuck with this kind of stuff. So it was kind of cool to play with. I'm like, this is neat for people that have never really played around mm-hmm. with it before. And then I've also heard like the yeah. mono bath is supposed to be pretty cool, but I don't know if I believe yeah, in that witchcraft. Say, like- so. Uh, I've tried it. Uh, it looks great for double X, but that's what it was designed for. And other than that, it's—I don't care for it personally. Uh, I don't really trust it. <laughs> but um, I just prefer, you know, doing a, a one-shot development and do the normal, you know, stock six. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's relaxing sometimes to develop film. I don't know if it's like relaxing at the volume you're doing it at. But, you know. <laughs> Actually, it's, I don't mind it, except I don't see uh, the light of day that much, so, because uh, 
I'm basically I'm using open tanks uh, that are meant for doing uh, dip and dunk uh, like four by five and eight by ten. So they're um, about four gallon tanks of chemistry. Um, so I'm in pitch black room with a very dim timer, and I'm just listening to a podcast or music while I'm doing it, and go along, and I pretty much know the whole route muscle memory and I know the whole room exactly so if I oh, I forgot a reel for this role I know exactly where to go to grab one. dude you're like all so set to work at one. Kodak because like there, there's those areas <laughs> of Kodak where it's like completely like dark and like you know you're already climatized so if you get to, to the lab game hit up Matt at Kodak and be like yo you hiring <laughs> that would be awesome but you know uh, I don't think I want to leave California personally, but I've been here all my life. That's fair. California is a beautiful place. You know, it's um, what part of California yeah. are you in? Um, in Sacramento, California, but I would love to, you know, move to the coast eventually. But it's expensive, so even living here. So. That's um, that's north the of capital, the Bay Area. California. It's yeah. right, right by like Vacaville, right? Okay. I like I love the rolling hills out there. That's that's a pretty cool thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, don't really see much or get out of here much because obviously I I don't have a car because I didn't get one for graduation and um, I was too lazy and just focused on photography that I just never even got my license or anything. So I'm just like fuck it. I'm gonna hook it on my feet and take a bus or train everywhere I go I get to see more shit and take more photos that's that's definitely one way to look at it like you know <clears throat> take advantage but, of this you know things. now I'm yeah now I'm really wanting to get it and stuff so I can go other places now that's I'm fair tired of being stuck at home after work and after, uh, especially after getting COVID a couple weeks ago I'm just like I don't want to be around anyone really <laughs> Duke, it yeah. sucks. Like I'm, I caught it the other weekend, and like I was out of commission all last week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I did an episode of the chat last week, but I don't really remember doing it. <laughs> like it's, I think I was coherent, kind of maybe. Um, and then like this week, I've just been like super fatigued and like space cadet, like. Mm-hmm. Yesterday I felt fine. Today I woke up, dropped my car off at Volvo, and then got home. And I was like, "I have a headache, and I feel like I'm dying. I can't focus on anything right now." Cool. Yeah, like after the ten days for me, I was still feeling it for like another week. Just uh, you know, the whole uh, COVID brain bullshit. I was just forgetting everything. I'm like, is this old age, or is it because of COVID? Probably COVID. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we're all kind of fucked right now. Like, it's just, it's kind of interesting how at the end of the pandemic, everyone's getting sick with COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like it's not over at all. <laughs> what? No. No, I just heard uh, from my roommate today that I guess there's another variant going around, and I'm just like, oh, great. Yeah, like, the so the newest one is kind of fucked because the first one had like a replication factor of like three 
and then everyone was like freaking out with o- Omicron because it had like a replication factor of five. And they're like, oh, it's like, you know, two times worse than the last one. And that was like a big panic. But this latest one, it has like a replication factor of 16. And they're like, well, I mean, if five was bad, 16 is better, right? Because it's a bigger number. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's weird because, like, myself and, like, a lot of friends and stuff want to be safe. You want to, like, do the right thing, but then at Mm -hmm. the same time, it's like, fuck, how, like, you can't just, like, put life on hold forever until this thing fucks off. Like, it's just, it's finding a balance, I guess. Yeah, no, that's where I'm like, uh, this last weekend I said, fuck it, I'm going to this meetup my uh, buddy was doing. Uh, it was the first one, too, so I was like, eh, I need to go. It's early in the morning, too, and it shouldn't be too big. Uh, it ended up being, like, I think, like, 40 people there, and I'm like, <laughs> cool, I expected, like, five, and he expected, like, no more than ten. So, yeah. Um, and, of course, none of us were wearing masks and shit, but it was everyone I knew. I'm like, yeah. So you, you just kind of had like a Ralphie from the Simpsons moment where he's like, I'm in danger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've definitely had some of those. And it's like, I've been planning this trip down to Texas this fall for Policon because I haven't, I haven't been able to go to Policon um, in a couple of years now, thanks to all of this. And uh, I miss my pals. And, uh, you know, it's just like, is this the safest thing to do? But then it's also like, whatever. Like, if I stay here and just, like, go to my grocery store, like, you know, just go about my everyday life, you know, the risk is just as bad as probably going to Texas. I mean, there's lots of other risky things in Texas. But, um, you know. And it's the peak of the devil. There's Tim right there, the Kodak man. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I've you know known about the whole uh, Polacon thing for quite a while, uh, especially as soon as I got into Polaroid. I, you know, pretty much it was like shortly after that I learned about Polacon. I'm like, oh, this is cool. You know, one day maybe I'll go. Never went, you know, still. But uh, and uh, still haven't gone to the SF one that they do now. Um, I was supposed to go to the first one, but with everything happening, I was like, I'm going to play it safe and <laughs> not go, but I can't be, you know, the, the survivors or whatever you're saying. Well, before, so, you know, that was, I, I went, that was the last Policon yeah. I went to was the Bay area one. Mm-hmm. And a few of us were talking when we got there being like, was this the right choice? Are we being irrational right now? Like, this seems kind of dangerous. And then like my friend Brian and I, we were like him and um, his, his partner and I were sharing um, a bunk bedroom at a, at a hostel there. And we were just like, this seems like a bad idea, but also it seemed like the last time we'll probably be able to travel in a really long time. Mm-hmm. So we were just like, fuck it. Let's just throw caution to the wind and see what happens. And uh, you know, we were there the weekend that San Francisco started rolling up and that was fucked up to watch. Cause like, you know, I spent a lot of time in San Francisco and I've never seen the city die like that before. It was weird. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, like uh, at work, um, my buddy and I were going to go, and he used to live in Thanol, and uh, he was, we were going to go with his, him and his partner, and um, we just heard like uh, a lot of our stores were closing down because of this, and then uh, we're like, uh, we have Polcon this weekend. Are we going to go? We'll play it by ear. And then finally, like that day up, we we're just like, nah. And then it was literally a couple of days later, we shut down as well here. That was a so weird I'm kind of glad I didn't go, but at the same time, you know, it was like so many people there, you know, I could get a met in person like you. I could have met the guys from, uh, like Eric and Vanya from, uh, all through lens and so many people I talk to now that have gone to that and, I just missed out. I I was talking to Brian um, recently and I was bugging him being like, yo, you got to make some shirts for like the OG, like Bay Area peeps where it's like, you know, I survived Policon Bay Area one and all I got was this lousy shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'd pay for that shirt there. It was funny. Like there was a lot of us there, but everyone was just kind of like, oh, shit, this this could be bad. And. Like, it was fucking mm-hmm. weird for me because, like, when I left Toronto, um, there's, like, no talk of, like, isolation or, like, whatever. Like, it was like, oh, there's this bad flu going around. And then when I got back, they are like, you have to go home and stay by yourself for 14 days because you left the country. And I'm like, what the fuck now? Like, it was super weird. What yeah, a time. Uh, yeah, and this last one, too, I was going to go by myself and just take a train down, but uh, I was stuck at home, pretty much paralyzed. Um, in February, end of February, um, I got a sciatic nerve damage. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, so I've just been kind of recovering. I was out, for, uh, out of work for uh, about two weeks, so. Damn. Yeah, I was pretty much just hunched over completely. I couldn't straighten my back for the first week. Holy shit, that sounds brutal. Sorry to hear that, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like uh, this last weekend, that meetup that I went to was like the first time I actually like shot my Leica since then. So, because uh, even just the weight of that, which is not a, too heavy of a camera, it's just too much weight for me to even add on to my body. So I've just been shooting with a point and shoot. Like, I had to build up to that, too. So I was, like, super afraid. Like, I'm like, shit, am I not ever going to take a photo again or what, you know? Man. That would be such a terrifying thing to have to face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I was just bedridden. I'm like, yep, nope, I'm not. Can't go to this. And it's fucking shitty, though. Well, I saw, like, so many, so many people there. It was fucking popping. I was watching all the live videos. Yeah, I missed it this year too because I was. A, we still had the requirement when you were coming back into Canada to have to test and have like a negative result, mm-hmm. and um, like the week after they removed that requirement, but like the week the Policon was happening, that requirement was a thing, and uh, I was just <laughs> like, I can't like I can barely afford to stay in San Francisco for like the four days I'll be there for Policon. It's like if I have to stay there for like 14 days to isolate, if I get in like a positive result, I'm like, I can't fucking afford that. <laughs> that shit would like bankrupt me. So 
I didn't go to Policon because of that, you know. Yeah. And yeah, it was a, also to uh Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it was the first time I felt FOMO like in years. So it was just like oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone was like, you know, show like the there was like the Policon like freaking frat house nights going on out there. It was it looked wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, uh plus you're gonna you know, the whole sciatic thing didn't happened i would have felt weird going because my uh my xx70 no longer the sonar doesn't work so i don't even shoot it oh, anymore shit. so i'd be there with like my uh not to go the mint rf70 but that'd be my only instant camera that i have right now so i mean that's still a pretty ballin instant camera man yeah like, <laughs> yeah but it's all like, on, oh so. i'm just gonna have my rf70 <laughs> hey i only have it because of governmental money so well i mean there so that's what you spent your stimmy money on yeah that and uh fuji class uh point and shoot but it's the the original one not the astro w so Uh, it's a little cheaper still nice camera yeah yeah it was still yeah, you should, um, like, Brandy says uh, she showed up with just an Instax Mini, so, like, whatever. Like, it's it's yeah. the Instant Film Society, so even though yeah. it's called Policon, yeah. all Instant Film is welcome. Yeah. Um, yeah, other than that, I got the, like, during the whole Emmy Money stuff, uh, I got a Mamiya uh, Universal, which I can't even fucking shoot that now because it's oh, a weight that, issue. Yeah, that's a heavy bitch. Uh, yeah, it's been sitting there, and I just got a um, kilopart back for it. It was like brand new old stock one too. Now, if only Brooklyn Film Camera would stop charging so much damn money for pack film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I was gonna splurge and uh, talking about too much money. Uh, splurge and get the one stab, another uh, one, uh, the one shot stuff from uh, SuperSense. It's good stuff. I like it. But, like, yeah, this was a yeah, shot no, that like, I took a couple weeks ago with it. Yeah, it's not perfect. Yeah, like what I want. No, it's not. But what I like about it, it's, it's the uh, from their knowledge, it's the same chemistry as six six nine. So, and which is my favorite uh, Polaroid film. Yeah, it's they they've made the chemistry as close as they can. Um so it's like it's new chemistry, it's a new negative, but it's old stock um, the positive, which is why it, mm-hmm. it gives that sort of like janky look. And I kind of dig it honestly. Like I like yeah, that no, it's all janky. And I like when they produced it, everyone was all shitting on how it's not a pack, why is there not 10, why isn't there like, you know, three in the shot or whatever. But I'm like even when Polaroid started doing all the stuff, they had some that were just single shots or yeah. just eight shots in a pack of certain things. Um, it was never always just 10. That just became a standard later. But, I mean, it, it goes back to, like, what we were talking about at the start here where people are upset about Instagram. It's just like, you know, it's never good <laughs> enough. It's like, well, I don't no. like it. I want it to be how it used to be. And I, you know, whatever. Shut up. I hate it. 
and yeah, I I dig it. I like the one instant stuff. It smells a little fucking weird when you develop it, but you, yeah. you'll, you'll learn that when you try it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, and uh, even though I don't like the prices that you know Brooklyn Film Camera is dealing with a lot of the pack film, but one thing is that they do get at least they've gone at once now is the one instant stuff in their store. You don't have to pay that like $30 shipping fee. Yeah. Just to get, you know, three packs, which is nice. But at the same time, I'm like, they really want to support this, you know, thing where they're <laughs> kind of raising prices here. Well, and, so. see, and I, I like Ben a lot. I, I think Ben is a really yeah. great guy. And then when I saw mm-hmm. that announcement, I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, and like I've talked to, you know, Kyle from Brooklyn uh, Film Camera and everything. He's a nice guy, but I'm just like, the company itself. I'm like, eh. Yeah, well, you know, whatever fucking capitalism, right? Supply and demand. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, and just... also, like, I get, you know, He's in New York, so shit's going to be pricier and stuff. And I'm like, but what about those rest of them? Well, I mean, that's your fault for not living in New York. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, grinders got to grind, right? You know, I, I yeah. understand their, their like, business practice and the need for them. And I'm, mm. I'm glad that they're successful and stuff. But it's like, you know, I'm still a little salty, though, because, like, it's, it's made it impossible for some people to um approach it and then i'm also a little salty with them because i sent them an slr 680 like way back in the day Mm -hmm. to have a service done on it only because they promised it would be fixed in a certain time frame and i was like i'll get it back when we agreed right because like i'm planning a trip that i want to bring this on they're like yeah 100 percent so I spent a lot of money to like send it to them and like get it because Canada, like shipping anything from here to the US sucks a massive bag mm-hmm. of dicks. Oh yeah. And then it was like they were behind on what they said. And then they're like, Oh, you'll get it by this day. And I'm like, Cool, that's when I get back from my trip. You know, the whole point of why mm-hmm. I trusted you guys with my camera and my money <laughs> was because you said you'd have it done for me before I started my trip. Um, yeah, so that kind of bummed me out, and I was like, this was expensive, and you lied to me. I don't like when people lie. Besides that, did they do a good job with it, or? I mean, it was okay. The Flash started being intermittent, like, a year later, um, but Mm -hmm. I took it to someone else, and they did a good job, and haven't had any issues with it since then, so... Yeah, that's why I'm like, I'm on the fence of, you know, sending mine out to them, but send it to, trying to find someone else. Send it to Retrospect. Yeah, I'll check them out. Yeah, they're a real company. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> so that, was, that was mean. I apologize. <laughs> you know, you're all real companies and, you know, you all have hopefully good intentions, but... Um, mm-hmm. I try retrospect. Yeah. There's some other people that were doing repairs, but I think they've, most of them have like taken a hiatus. Cause like my, mm-hmm. my friend Zane was doing a lot of them, but I think he got in 
over his head a little bit with it and had to sort of like dial back a lot. Um, and then there's like one other guy that was doing it that, that recently stopped too. But I've heard good things about retrospect and, um, they also have some really fucking cool limited Polaroids in there, like mm-hmm. Arsenal there. Like they got this like glow in the dark box camera, which I'm, I'm not like a super huge fan of box cameras, but it's this like semi translucent, but then also glows in the fucking dark. And okay. <laughs> I think it's like 200 bucks. That's, that's cool. And I'm like, that's way too much for a box camera, but also it's like see-through and it glows in the fucking dark. <laughs> But would it be practical to shoot? Yeah. <laughs> or it's, is it just a shelf? No, it's, it's one it's you can a, shoot because um, yeah. the translucent parts aren't where the image is. So it's not like, because there's those really okay. cool, completely see-through box cameras, which are completely mm-hmm. useless because um, you can't actually run film through them because they're completely translucent. This one's not like that. I think the only part that's like translucent is the, the flash head. So it has like clear plastic mm-hmm. on the flash head, but everything else is just like yeah. white that glows in the dark. And I don't know what it is about mm-hmm. shit that glows in the dark that's like makes you want to spend money. Like, yeah. I'm just wondering though, with the flash part being clear, when you let it go off, do you blind yourself as well? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't think about that because the flashes on those like old box cameras are evil as fuck. Like, you know, yeah. it's especially the 680. You know, I when I take close-ups of people with it, I call it the sun shitting in your eyeballs. It's just like <clears throat> so vicious. And one of this is probably a really like sadistic thing, but one of the things that I find amusing is taking like close-up portraits of people when it's like somewhat dark out with the 680 because it's got the sonar autofocus so it's like it doesn't mm-hmm. need light to focus on it and you could be like yeah, hey yeah. look over here and they're like what and you're like click it's like <laughs> yeah i like those sonars because you can be in a pitch black room and you're good you know and light off a flash and you're like all right cool in focus like i'm good yeah exactly they're they're just a yeah. fucking cool camera so you should still come to policon anyways if you could swing it sometime even if you just have the rf70 yeah, I'll, I'll try to see if I can get the time off, you know. Um, I'm actually working on uh, getting uh, everything I need to be able to travel and everything on planes and everything right now. So nice. i get a real ID everything. First, I need to get my actual ID so I can get back. Mine's been expired for like four years. Damn, man. So, yeah, you got to get on top yeah. of that shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention, and I was like, shit, when ID's been expired for like a year, and then shit happened. Yeah, I mean, life gets lifey sometimes. It's it's hard to, like, stick through. Um, I'm yeah. curious, though, what have been some of your more, like, favorite photography things you've worked on, like a favorite photo or, like, a favorite project or something that just, like, you know, stands out uh, in your mind or that you think about? Uh, to be honest, right now, it would be um, the zine that I made from the last shoot I did, um, which I actually have copies on my website for, uh, and then my newest zine that I made, um, they're like 
my favorite work that I've ever made right now. Um, but like the new zine was originally going to be a book, but that just is way too expensive. So I dumbed it down and I just picked uh, photos from two different cameras that I shot in the last couple of years. And that was it. For the, That's and pretty it's cool. Basically, this is the precursor to eventually a book. I mean, books are a lot of fun. I I'm definitely a huge supporter of uh, people making photo books and and stuff. So, you know, and mm-hmm. what got you into zine making? Uh, well, uh, I grew up uh, going to like punk shows and stuff as a kid. So I always saw zines being like handed out and everything. Um, first uh, zine I saw was something my brother brought home when he was going to punk shows before me and. He's like, oh, check this out, you know, and, and then he took me to a show afterwards. Uh, but I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, what's this guy with these, like, spiked hair, mohawk thing? It was, like, weird. But to me, and I was like, all right, you know, I like the music already. So um, he just ended up taking me, and I was like, I fell in love with all this shit. And um, from there, I just kind of, that's where I kind of knew zines were. Never wanted to make them myself. But uh, from that, getting into photography um, the second time, that's when I started, like, seeing, like, photo scenes and stuff, especially the film. Um, mostly on, like, I see, like, a random, like, YouTube thing where they're talking about, oh, I made this scene. I think it was, uh, um, getting his name, like, Nate Matos. Matos? I uh, forgot his last name, but um, made a scene and everything. And then... Uh, became friends with uh, Nick Mayo, uh, Nick Exposed. Okay. And he was talking about doing the zine, and I was at the same time. So we kind of were talking to each other and really kind of like pushing each other to make zines at the same time. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, and he went more of a professional route, and I went more of like, I'm going to print this myself and hand staple everything myself. I'm starting to see a theme here with you, with like the artisanal, bespoken things. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is the only one I've done like that, and it was god awful. <laughs> so it's been, but I was like bored as shit in class. Uh, I was taking a uh, gallery operation class, and I was basically sitting on the gallery on campus, just watching it while people would walk around and look at art, and I just make sure people weren't poking with pencils and shit. Do people actually work. do that? Uh, I haven't had any students or guests do it other than one teacher on the campus, one of the professors. A professor did it? Yeah, she was touching a piece of artwork with her the tip of her pencil, and I yelled at her. <laughs> and she got all pissy at me and was talking to the person that was running the gallery, like, oh, you can't have your you know student talking to me like this and, and stuff, and like who was it and told him and she's like good that's what I told him to do <laughs> yeah yeah she fucked around and found out so you know yeah no nah, and like my roommate he's an artist as well and uh he went to some gallery uh two weekends ago or something like that and um that same professor was at that gallery with a pencil in her hand poking touching artwork what the hell is and wrong with people? <laughs> well, I don't know. But it was like, I think this was the gallery that she's kind of like a co-op, you know, like 
collaborative thing there, mm. like collective thing that she's a part of, but it was someone else's work. She does this too, not her own stuff, which is even so it's like, don't touch the shit. Yeah. It's like, kind of rude. Even if like, yeah, like you can make a mark and make an actual like, pinhole and like a painting or something. It's yeah, disrespectful. Wow. Some fucking people. Do you have any projects that you've got on the go that you're excited about or like, you know, uh, um, personal stuff. Uh, well, first off I have a, uh, so I run better off themes and I'm working on issue seven, uh, right now. Um, with, I'm not going to say who it is right now. I'll wait to announce that when I print it, but I'll say it's, it's a former guest of yours. So, oh, wild. Um, um, they actually already left a message on here. We were talking earlier. Um, but, uh, from that, the work, uh, she gave me was frustrating the shit out of me, how to figure out how to lay it out. That well, I, I know like, who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I won't uh, say that. Your secret's safe with me. Yeah. <laughs> So that was frustrating the shit out of me. Uh, so I was like, you know what, let me look at some old work. Uh, I had another idea for a book I was going to do. Um, and I kind of came to the conclusion of fuck making a book right now. I'm just going to make a zine. So I've already called it down to like 60 pages instead of the 88 pages that it was going to be. Okay. And then from there, I'm like 60 pages is just too much. Cause I've already done a 60 page zine before. And I'm like, this is too thick. So <laughs> it might as well just be a, a book. Uh, so I called that down to uh, 32 pages and I turned it into three different themes. All on one day. Holy shit. That's a lot of work, man. Yeah. And then uh, from, and it's all going to be uh, Polaroids. Well, now I really know who you're talking about. So like, <laughs> Well, this is my personal work right there. Okay. Uh, so this, this personal work is going to be Polaroid. Um, so that's going to be three zines of my personal stuff. Uh, and then I have a fourth one that I'm working on in the series that's going to be Insects slide. Very cool. Oh, I'm, I'm stoked to see those oh. when they come out. Yeah. yeah. And which was the original idea was to do a zine with it. But I was like, I have too much shit I want to put in this. So it just became like, then I went to a book and I was going back. Mm -hmm. So, which I'm actually happy with it now. That's fair. I mean, it's important for you to be happy with it. Yeah. But uh, the company I go through too, so uh, I'm going to do 50 copies and it's 32 pages color. It's going to be like 200 bucks to print. For all of the copies? For all the copies, yeah. Damn. So that is that hardcover or softcover? Um, that's just for like a cardstock cover uh, zine. Uh, it's all 100-pound weight uh, paper. So. Damn. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's about a little bit under five bucks a copy. That works out really well. I might have to bug you about that later on because 
I, I use Blurb and uh, I haven't been able to get it. Uh, I use them once and I'm I'm not gonna use them again. Like I'm pretty sure they're good for like doing like a hardcover book thing, but just doing zines, it's just too cost effective, too pricey. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to bug you about that because I like the sound of like five bucks a book. Yeah, I've gone through two different companies now. Uh, first one was in the UK, and I love them. And I love the uh, recycled white paper I was using, and it was super cheap. But then the pandemic, the uh, wait time for shipping went up, was like drastic. And then I had issues with that. I had stuff getting lost, and I had to do like reprints. And then uh, the shipping costs went skyrocketed. Mm. It's too expensive for me, but uh, that was with uh, awesome merch I was using, which they have a facility in Texas, but they don't do that type of printing. Oh, shit. Yeah, which is shitty. Because otherwise I would use them still. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's the, the way our world is right now. Everything's kind of changed a lot mm-hmm. but it's good you've been able to find like a, a solution that works for you to continue um making the scenes mm-hmm. yeah so now i'm using a company in the u.s but uh they've been doing stuff for like 50 years okay. 20 years online but uh 50 years of the company so. nice well it sounds like they're pretty trustworthy so, yeah, but their their price has gone up a little bit. So uh, with like better off, I was selling them for ten bucks a piece, and then to make it cost effective for me, I had to uh, raise the price up a little bit, which only raised it by two bucks. So not bad. And then uh, with the shipping and everything, I had to figure all that out. And I I'm just starting to do international stuff. So right now I have uh, Canada. Um, I have the UK, Ireland, Japan, and then I think France or Italy. So that I'm doing, and then I'll kind of like weed in other things here and there. Oh, and Germany. That's really cool. But it's not cheap. So, but I have like basically by weight, it's doing the whole uh, shipping cost. Nice. Well, and that's cool that you're getting it out to more people because, um, you know, I'm guessing sharing it on Instagram, you, you get like a worldwide audience on that. And some people have probably been a little disappointed not being able to uh, pick up the, the zine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I actually have uh, two artists uh, outside of the U.S. that want to work with me. And just I've been like, I need to figure this out first before I even even think about that. But I would love to. <laughs> Kind of thing, but um, so those were like two of those countries. I wanted to make sure I got those and I'm able to figure out like a price. So, like, uh, international shipping, um, the cost of the thing plus it's uh, anywhere from 18 to 30 dollars, depends on the weight. Which I wish I could be less, but I hate doing more than like 15 bucks for yeah. shipping for like, what it used to do. And because uh, in the U.S., like, cool, four bucks to ten bucks, you know, to ship from coast to coast, you know. So. 
yeah. to go overseas. Shipping's freaking crazy. Like sending stuff back and forth between here and the States is like really sucked. But like now that I'm living in Vancouver, I have like a post box in just over mm-hmm. the border from here. So it's like, I can save a bit of my shipping costs using that. Cause, uh, it, but it's weird because like I use point Roberts, which is completely inaccessible to the rest of the U S unless you come through Canada, you, you have to come through Canada to get to there or come across from boat through like the Puget sound or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. and so it's just like, I'm like, how is this $30 less for shipping when it still has to come through the same fucking borders? <laughs> yeah. 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 No, uh, I highly suggest anyone that is overseas that want to buy any of the zines, uh, either on my main website, uh, or on better off, um, to buy multiple zines, uh, just so that way, like team up with people, you know, that like two of you want, you know, the same zine or something, just go in together to cut costs or something or buy multiple copies because that way it makes it more cost effective on your end, but then just buying one because it's going to be, you know, anywhere from like 10 to, you know, 16 bucks plus the shipping cost. That makes sense. So it's just like, you know, to do a group buy instead. Yeah, and all it is is just pieces of paper folded together and stapled, like, really. Like, I get it if it's, like, you know, a hard, you know, physical big box, you know, thing, but, you know, I'm not shipping, like, a computer or something. Well, you're shipping something better than a computer. Yeah. You're, sh- you're shipping art. <laughs> Well, dude, I appreciate you sharing, um, you know, some of your story, how you got going and what you've been working on. And, you know, it's been a lot of mm-hmm. fun chatting with you. I appreciate you taking some time to hang out with me today. Yeah. It was fun. Definitely. And I mean, if you don't make it down to Policon for Texas in, in the fall, um, you should definitely try to make it out for the one next spring. Cause I think I'm going to definitely try and make it out for that one too. Yeah, if anything, it'd be most likely uh, next spring, um, be the one. I mean, uh, like you know, don't, yeah. don't tell the Texans, but maybe San Francisco is a little better than yeah. in Texas. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, but uh, yeah, especially like I have no uh, vacation time right now. So. Well, definitely. Well. You know, maybe we'll catch up next year at Policon, but definitely looking forward to seeing, um, you know, some of these projects you've been talking about. And, you know, if any of you want to check out um, Travis's projects or uh, Better Off, I'm, I'm going to guess there's probably links in your bio to um, those pages. Um, yeah, my main account, uh, there's a direct link to my main website, uh, actually to the where that you can buy the zines from there. And then uh, if you go to uh, Better Off Zine on Instagram, there's also a link on there as well to get over to there. And then there's like a direct link to the website. Awesome. Well, hit up his bio if you want to pick up some zines. I'm definitely going to take a look. Um, yeah, I've been meaning to, to grab one of them anyway, so it's just like I just keep spacing out on it. Thanks, COVID brain. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> beware, though. Uh, a lot of my work on my name website is not safe for work. So uh, I'll leave it at that. Okay. So um, just be careful, I guess, then. Handle with care. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's just some boobs. That's about it. But I mean... I feel like that's something that people just need to like calm their tits about is just that like. I'm just saying if people are at work trying to do this, you know, and just on the download or something, you know, if they don't get in trouble, but. Yeah. You know, just be careful. You don't want to get fired for looking at boobies at work. So just (laughs) (laughs) proceed with caution. (laughs) But, you know, thanks again, man, for hanging out. Um, and yeah, yep. I look forward to like meeting up with you in the film community at some point and mm-hmm. uh, shooting some photos together. Same here, man. Thanks, dude. Well, I'm gonna let Mr. Mocha walk us out, and uh, you know, hopefully, you can dodge COVID a little longer and uh, you know, stay oh, yeah. safe out there. Hi, you too, man. Thanks, man. And, um, you know, next week is the 100th episode of the chat in all of its entirety. And uh, I'm going to be doing another in-studio live. Uh, Charles Zuckerman, who's half of Zuckerman Wong Photography, who I was supposed to talk with a couple weeks ago, but he can make it. We're doing an episode just for him. So he's going to come in here and hang out with us and talk about his work and... uh, his partner's enemy might pop in at some point to sort of like, you know, add some uh, comedic uh, insight there. You know, thanks, Tim, for tuning in and staying with us. And thanks, uh, Brandy. I know. Oh, my God. It's the 100th episode. I can't believe a hundred different people have wanted to, like, spend an hour or two with me. So it's kind of kind of wild. But, you know, thanks, everyone, for hanging out with me. And stay safe out there. And, uh, you know, we'll catch you next week. Cheers, man. <laughs>